This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hi, I'm Sarah Gregory, and today I'm talking with Ben Taylor, the cover artist for the August 2018 issue of Emerging Infectious Diseases. Welcome, Ben. Thank you. Hello, Sarah. So first, describe the painting uh, as a, in its final um, rendition, and then give us a little bit about your background and your life and adventures. Okay, sure. Um, so the, the painting uh, it depicts uh, my encounter with Loa Loa, the, the African eyeworm, as it's sometimes called. Um, and yeah, it, it, uh, it conveys some of the... Um, what should we say, shock and um, awe, actually, of uh, these parasites that I have now. Uh, the, the, yeah, I mean, the adventures that I found myself on when I caught this parasite, I was in uh, the jungles of Gabon, which is in uh, Central Africa, uh, and I was uh, undergoing a, a rite of passage, an initiation with a group of uh, people known as the pygmies. Uh, these were particularly a, a tribe called Babongo. And um, yeah, endemic to the area is this uh, parasite of Loa Loa. Um, so yeah, I've been traveling all my life, really. I was um, born in Australia, now living in the UK. Um, I was born to parents who enjoyed traveling and working abroad. Uh, and even uh, grandparents on both sides were travelers. Uh, on one side, I had grandparents who were missionaries in Africa, and on the other, um, my other grandfather was a, a botanical explorer and a director of uh, very famous um, botanical gardens here in, in England. So I think it was really in my blood, um, so to speak. Uh, and uh, yeah, brought up in Australia and Nigeria, and then Scotland, and then finally England, but also spent time uh, visiting my father in Kenya and India. Um, so yeah, I've always traveled quite a lot. And then, uh, in my teens and twenties, uh, there were some difficult years, uh, some difficult life events for me. And I think I avoided dealing and processing these things by traveling around the world, partying uh, for the best part of a decade. Um, got into different adventure, uh, adrenaline sports, skydiving. I was obsessed with that for many years. Uh, then ended up in London and became a trapeze artist. Um, and throughout all of that time, I was working as something called a, an industrial model maker. So I was um, sort of honing a, I suppose, a craft-based practice uh, that, yeah, an arts-based practice as well. But I was learning how to use machinery and tools in a workshop. Um, and then I ended up retraining as something called a CGI artist, working with computer software. Um, this was in the field of advertising. I then became a company director and realized that that was not the life for me. So I ended up quitting, uh, going to Africa to be initiated into this tradition. Um, and I moved out to the wild, wild west of the UK uh, with my lovely wife and started doing my own arts practice. Um, yeah, based on, on some of the experiences and adventures I'd had. Um, and then I suppose for the last 10 years, I've been traveling backwards and forwards to both Gabon and South America and other places studying uh, different spiritual traditions, uh, meditation, and things like that. 
So to go along with this fascinating and I must say horrifying painting, you've had a pretty horrifying experience. Uh, so you got home from these travels and you were not feeling well. You want to describe that period? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, well, I mean, initially when I got home, uh, I was feeling fine. Um, one always kind of comes back from those kind of in, kind of environments um, a little bit worse for wear, or I do anyway. I've lost a bit of weight. Um, covered in mosquito bites, etc. But uh, no, I felt fine. The, the the first symptoms didn't appear for about six months. Uh, and I was actually on a on a meditation retreat at the time. And in my meditation, I felt a, a sensation on one side of my forehead. Um, it was like a little rubber band suddenly snapped inside my head. And as the day went on, a lump about two centimeters appeared uh, where the sensation had been. Then during the night, another one formed on the other side of my forehead. Uh, so when I looked in the mirror the next morning, I had what appeared to be a set of budding horns. Um, and then these lumps um, just started coming uh, all over my body and then disappearing a day later uh, in different places, but especially near my joints, accompanied by various aches and pains. Um, and I, I later found out these lumps are called calabar swellings. And... Um, they're caused by the adult uh, version of this worm. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about the two different stages it inhabits. But the adult um, worms, they secrete a toxin which attacks the immune system. And when they stay still for, for too long in one part of the body, uh, this will cause a, a, a reaction and a lump will form. So often they, they have to slow down when they pass through the joints of the body. Um, which is why I sort of, uh, just started getting more lumps there and more aches. I uh, didn't know what was going on at this point. Um, presented myself to local doctors, but whenever I presented myself, uh, the lumps had gone down. Um, other symptoms, I had fatigue. Um, started uh, feeling very depressed, which isn't really like my persona. Um, I had abscesses uh, started to appear on my legs, which led to hospitalizations, uh, patches of eczema, w uh, small patches went rampant. Um, and then I had um, several bouts of extreme pain in my eyes, and it would come on very, very quickly with no warning, um, and it would feel like the, the surface, the retina had been badly scratched. Uh, so even with my eye closed, it would still be very painful. And um, there was a a photosensitivity thing going on as well. I, I couldn't be in bright light. And, and that would last uh, normally about a day and then disappear. Um, so again, you know, went to the opticians at some point that they found nothing wrong. Um, and what else? I mean, I had my, I had blood tests done um, by the health system here and it showed that my eosinophil or white blood cell count was skyrocketing. Um, and I think this would this indicated that my immune system was under attack by something. But um, I'd had private and health service stool tests, which had uh, they'd come back negative for parasites, basically. Um, but it did show that my gut flora was out of kilter, so I was uh, putting myself on all sorts of dietary restrictions and uh, unusual medical protocols. So all of this was going on, and it was mystifying my local doctors, uh, mystifying my witch doctor friends in, in Gabon. And with me getting, I think, used to, I was just starting to become, it, it felt like it was becoming normal to have all these strange things going on. 
Um, so on the one hand, I was getting used to it, and on the other hand, I was going completely mad with it. So, so, so how does this painting, I, I think you call it the host, how does this fit into your illness? Uh, well, it fits in a couple of ways, really. I suppose it's, um, it, now it's a literal representation, um, albeit slightly exaggerated. The, the, the painting has three little wriggly worms in its eye, whereas I only had the one appear in mine. Um, so there's that aspect to it. But then there's the, from a psychological viewpoint, I think there, there, there's a spiraling pattern um, within the eye that leads further and further into the, the, the kind of pupil, the, the dark abyss at the center. Uh, and I think that pretty much sums up where my state of mind was or, or where I was being led at that time. I felt, uh, yeah, it was, it was very dark times, really, uh, before I had the diagnosis and didn't know what was happening. Uh, to my body. Wasn't there sort of a first uh, rendition of this painting that you kind of did and put it away? And Well, yes, this is it. So um, before before I got the diagnosis, I, I was spending time in the studio. I um, uh, One of the forms that I've always been uh, attracted to uh, is the circle or sphere, and it's cropped up in my artwork numerous times. And I started a new canvas, and again, I felt drawn towards um, working with circular form. But um, as the painting progressed, I, I couldn't find a clear direction to take it in. And I found myself hour after hour creating these uh, intricate worm-like squiggles, uh, infilling kind of spiraling patterns um, within the circle. And the, the, the colors that I used, they somehow jarred with me. The piece felt overworked. I, I really didn't like it. And I just couldn't bond with it. So I got very frustrated by that process and put the painting back in a stack of canvases. Um, and yeah, kind of got on with the next uh, stage of life, which was when the worm appeared and I started going in for all the medical treatment. What is the Loa Loa parasite and, and how did you finally realize you had it? Uh, well, <laughs> the way I realized I had it um, was I had another bout of this eye pain. Um, this is just as my wife had gone off for eight weeks traveling the day after. And this time it lasted um, a couple of days. It didn't go away really. And I woke up one morning, looked in the mirror and thought I saw a, a kind of small lump sticking out of the side of my eye, a, a kind of yellow, yellow to white lump. And um, I thought maybe it was a, a, some sleep sand or some sleep gunk in my eye. And I went to wipe it away and realized it was actually kind of on the surface. It was a hard lump. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I did what I think most people do in this day and age. The first thing you do is consult Dr. Google. And I remember scrolling down past some images of different things in people's eyes and seeing some pictures of uh, lower, lower worms wriggling in people's eyes. <laughs> And I remember clearly thinking, yeah, thank God I haven't got that. Um, mm. Literally, as I was uh, looking on the computer, my eye started to kind of um, fibrillate. It started to vibrate and was a very, very strange sensation. So I went back to the mirror. I looked in it and the lump on the side had gone. But what there now was, was a kind of small um, horseshoe shape um, of a kind of raised white welt uh, on my eyeball. And I touched it, and it wriggled. Ugh. And at that point, it kind of appeared and wriggled across the surface of my eye. Ugh. So I, I had no doubt, really, at that point, um, that, yes, I had a worm in my eye. Um, so I 
I took myself off to hospital, our local hospital, um, uh, which wasn't easy, to be honest, uh, because it was, yes, uh, it was a little bit painful <laughs> with this thing crawling around. And I presented myself to the triage nurse, and this was on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think she looked me up and down and wondered, you know, I obviously didn't smell of alcohol, but perhaps <laughs> I'd taken some drugs, you know, who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were quite dismissive, but then uh, eventually they looked in there and they found something wriggling. So, um, yeah, the, the, the surgeon was called in and um, he, he removed it. Um, apparently, later on, when I spoke with the kind of specialists on all of this, they said, you really shouldn't remove these things because uh, if it had broken while it was being pulled out, uh, that would have caused some serious problems to my eye. Oh, dear. Um, anyway, I was actually very glad for it to be out. But um, I, when I eventually got home, uh, sort of thinking, thank goodness, uh, this worm has got out of my has come out of my eye. I then kind of went back to Doctor Google and looked up what Lower Lower was all about, and realised uh, that it wasn't about one worm; it was about many worms. Um, so, yeah, uh, well, you asked what this parasite is. It's a um, it's a parasite that exists in two different forms. It uh, exists microscopically in the blood. And then at a certain point, um, it becomes a, an adult and transforms into a macroscopic worm that kind of, they, they can be up to eight centimeters long. Uh, the one that was pulled out of my eye was three and a half centimeters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's delivered uh, by a, a little fly called a mango fly or a deer fly. And it, um, in its microscopic form, it burrows through the head of this fly and sticks itself uh, halfway out of its proboscis. This fly is attracted to blood. And, um, yeah, so I think it must have come to a, uh, uh, a mosquito bite or something like that. And when, it, when the fly bites you, the little larvae crawls into uh, the human and begins its kind of next stage of development. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're incredibly plucky little things. And, um, you know, this uh, had gone undetected for quite a while. But the the real kind of revelation for me, and actually why I'm very grateful uh, to this parasite, is that while I was uh, receiving treatment, uh, another two other parasites were discovered. Oh. So uh, one called Strongyloides and another one um, called Hookworm. And I think these had probably been with me for many years, actually. Um, and they, they hadn't shown up in any of the tests, and it was even after three blood tests that they found them. Uh, so without the lower, lower kind of, um, yeah, bringing me under a, a kind of medical microscope, should we say, the, the other two parasites would have continued, and the long-term prognosis for having them is, is not good. Uh, so is there treatment for all this? What was the treatment? The, the treatment can depend on the level of infestation. So um, if someone has very high levels of them, especially microscopically in the blood is actually more dangerous, uh, then uh, chemotherapy is the, the kind of last resort. So, you know, for the two weeks before I got the blood uh, count or the, or the uh, infestation count, uh, that was a little bit scary because I didn't really know what I was up against. Um, as it turns out, I was uh, relatively lucky. Uh, I had a, quite a low count. And so the, the treatment that they use uh, for those kind of cases is, um, is a drug called DEC, which stands for uh, diethylcarbamazine citrate, I believe. Um, 
But the, the, the main danger uh, for the treatment occurs when the, the parasites are killed off. Uh, they can cause toxic overload um, because they, they, they can be in your brain, uh, uh, in the organs, they, they're all over the body. So they, the, the, the kind of process of killing them off has to be managed very carefully. And they also put me on a high dose of steroids uh, to counteract that. So, um, yeah, that was the, the, the main treatment for um, the lower lower. And then the other one, uh, the other two parasites were treated with a couple of doses of uh, a drug called ab uh, albendazole, I think it is. Um, yeah, that's, that's the treatment. Um, I, I got off relatively lightly, um, so I was only in hospital for five days. That's it, really. So you're done with the treatment? Yes, I am done with the treatment. Um, I, it, it took a little while for everything to settle back down. Um, the, the first kind of checkups I had six months after showed a very, very slight uh, raising of eosinophil levels, uh, which it, I, was, I was assured that I was all clear. Um, what was interesting, though, was uh, at a certain point, and actually it never really went away, and to this day I still get them, uh, I think I've been left with uh, a kind of psychological glitch where I sometimes feel them um, moving in my body. Oh, no. Yeah, but it's okay. I mean, this was actually, uh, I was warned of this um, by one of the uh, consultants up in London uh, during the treatment that sometimes when people go through these kind of uh, extreme experiences that they can, yeah, kind of have physical memories of it. Um, so I've since been tested Twice since then, my eosinophil count is absolutely normal. My immune system's not under attack by anything. So I, I feel quite happy in the knowledge that this is just a little psychological glitch that's been left. Well, hopefully it will cease at some point. So when did it occur to you that the painting that you had begun and put away was a little bit prescient? Well, it wasn't until I was convalescing um, after the treatment that I returned to my studio again. Um, and at a certain point, I pulled out the, the old painting to look at it, and it had been put away upside down. So when I, um, when I viewed it from a different angle, it suddenly appeared to me as an eye. And when I realized the, the kind of significance of this uh, painting that had the, the look of an eye, and it was comprised of layers of worm-like patterning, um, yeah, things kind of started to fall a little bit into place because it hadn't really been a style that I'd um, been drawn to or worked with uh, prior to that. But um, yes, I feel a little bit obsessed with patterns and textures nowadays. Uh, so <laughs> I suppose it was about then. Um, and uh, so at that point, um, I restarted the painting and I turned it into the piece as it is now, um, kind of adding the eyelids, the other colors and uh, the worms themselves. Well, it is certainly a very eye-catching and stunning piece. Um, Super fun. <laughs> it's gotten a fair amount of press and even in some major newspapers. And what is, what's that been like for you? And what, do you, what are people saying about the painting? Yeah, um, it has got uh, quite a lot of coverage, and uh, I'd like to thank Byron for kicking that all off by asking me uh, if he could use the image as a cover. Let me, let me interrupt here to say that Byron is uh, Byron Breedlove, the managing editor of the EID Journal. And a very nice chap as well. Um, but yeah, you know, don't worry, I'm not having to fend off the paparazzi just yet. Um, it hasn't quite got to that stage. 
So um, what have they been saying about it? Well, I think the majority of the articles and the, the subsequent comments that appeared have probably uh, been emphasizing the, the ugh, aspects of this um, quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but there, there's been a few articles that, uh, yeah, have looked a bit deeper um, into such things as how uh, a parasitic infection can influence um, or, or in some of nature's examples completely control its host. Uh, and that's been the aspect that's been really kind of interesting for me. Um, and I suppose one of the other byproducts is that just along the way, I have been contacted by many other people, actually, who have been off traveling to far from places and are experiencing very strange symptoms and, you know, have not been able to uh, ascribe a reason to it. So I think, you know, one of the things that I've realized from this is that various different parasitic infections, um, you know, one of the byproducts of us traveling so much in the modern age is that we are being exposed, uh, you know, in, in countries like UK or America or places that aren't used to these kind of parasites, we're suddenly starting to have to learn about them. So you've um, sort of been, your experience is helping other people. Uh, uh, yes, it is. Um, uh, I suppose it is uh, to a degree. So the, for, for me, the, um, the, the kind of process of, of figuring out whether you have a uh, parasitic infection, most people seem to presume that if they have something parasitic going on, that it's in their gut. Uh, so, you know, that's not always the case. The other thing is most uh, remedies, etc., will concentrate on stuff that works uh, through, the, yeah, through the gut. Um, for, for me now, my understanding is really the best thing is to uh, find out if your immune system is under attack or not. And that way you have then some proof to yourself that something is going on. Uh, so a lot of the time, I think when you have just weird and wonderful symptoms, you present to a doctor and they say, well, there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, then you're, you're yeah, going to become quite kind of <laughs> unwilling to... To, to kind of look into it yourself. Uh, you start trusting that the doctors know what they're saying and that you're just going mad. So, yeah, um, I suppose it has helped uh, other people as well. And it's, um, it's given me a, a nice painting and um, some nice publicity as an artist out of it as well. So no complaints, really. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm, I'm not so keen to return to the same place again, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> no. So um, you said you lived in, a, in the forest. Um, what what does that mean? Is it really a forest, like a little cabin? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, funnily enough, for the last ten years, uh, we were living in a little cabin in the woods. Um, we were living in the site of an old um, abandoned mine. Uh, uh, so yes, we were living quite an adventurous lifestyle, I suppose. Um, there's not that much uh, forest in uh, the British Isles, um, but uh, we happen to live in the west of the country in a national park called Dartmoor. And it's quite a wild place itself. Um, so it does, uh, I suppose it promotes adventurous living. Um, yeah, and we have just moved uh, a little bit further into the wilds, uh, into another forest. Um, uh, this time we're, we're kind of on the edge of civilization. We do have a few neighbors around us. So <laughs> trying to get used to coming back to civilization now. So you're not really giving up the adventurous life despite your experience with the... Loa Loa eye worm. No, uh, absolutely not. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of been asked that kind of thing before. Uh, 
you know, does this kind of thing put you off an adventurous life? Um, you know, like I say, specifically uh, that particular location, yes, I wouldn't be keen to return there again. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, my, I suppose my view is that, you know, a lot of uh, our, our society tries to uh, sort of protect us from danger. Um, you know, we're, we're, we live in a very kind of health and safety conscious society and all of these kind of things trying to wrap us up in cotton wool. And, uh, you know, I think danger or the, the potential of danger is, is present or, you know, yeah, the, the, the potential of danger is present in our lives at all times. And, um, you know, I really wouldn't want to focus on that. I prefer uh, focusing on living my life as fully as possible. And, um, yeah, I think when you, when you, if you want to really connect to nature as well, then you're going to expose yourself to uh, creepy crawlies. Um, so they don't scare me nearly as much as <laughs> some other things in this world nowadays. Yeah, well, you have certainly lived through a very interesting experience, and um, we have the painting um, to enjoy because of it. Thank you. Thank you very much for talking to us, Ben. Listeners can see the painting and read the cover essay, A Worm's Eye View, online at cdc.gov eid. I'm Sarah Gregory for Emerging Infectious Diseases. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.